0: radioinfluence.com Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode on Live Bold and Boss Up. Stephan Ash here with you again this week. Thanks for joining. Um, We speak with Dr. Abby Hamilton this week. She's Um, really inspirational. She has been on TED Talks. She is also speaking at colleges and she has a few speech engagements that are really huge coming up. And we have the pleasure of having her on our podcast here. And she's really going to dive into finding your voice and breaking those cultural norms. And I'm really excited to hear what she has to say. Yeah, she's amazing. Thank you for joining us. Dr. Abby Hamilton yes thank you so Uh, much
1: yeah thanks for having me yeah so we were talking before and your story is just so inspiring on how you got into speaking you're so great at it so tell us a little bit about your how and your why and how you got to do these TED talks and your speaking engagements that you're now Mm -hmm. doing yeah
2: it is it is crazy but um I mean, I'll just start off saying, you know, I was I'm a second generation uh, Filipino American, um, which means that my parents came from the Philippines and they moved here and then they had me. Okay, And so I was born in New York and moved to Florida and um, they raised me really strongly in the Filipino values, you know, which is exactly what a lot of Asian culture has, which is Just be quiet, be quiet, stay low profile, keep your head low, um, be humble and obedient and respectful. You know, that was the way that I could be uh, a good girl. And so that's what I wanted to always be. And over time, I found that it was not a good fit for the society if you want to get anywhere. And um, I mean, I talk in my TED talk about the experience with my boss who who, um, who said, no, I wouldn't have done it that way. And I, I knew in my mind, this is the only good way. It's almost like, no, I, I don't want you to go out and, and step out in traffic. You know, like, this is the smart thing to do. And I asserted myself and I was like, no, it has to be this way. And in that moment, I felt like I have a brain, you know, I'm smart too, And I don't have to just always go obey and do whatever everyone else tells me to do, because I'm there for the good of the company, too. I'm looking out for the right thing. So um, I I have always been like that, you know, analyzing my lack of strength and my lack of assertiveness and then finally when i went to go do my phd i decided to do a study and i did this study on 473 filipino americans in 35 states in the us and found that the more we hold on to our cultural values or our interpersonal norms what they call it our filipino interpersonal norms the less assertive we are so i wanted to do that so that i could prove that hey you guys we need to do something about it we need to notice what we've learned and we need to bridge the gap so we can get anywhere in this world. So the, the title of my uh, dissertation was uh, investigating the bamboo ceiling, which is the invisible barrier for Asian-Americans when we're trying to reach higher levels in our company and we can't. So it's like the glass ceiling for okay. Asians. Yeah. So when I when I presented my results to a, a whole bunch of People on a Zoom to tell them about this was the result of my study. They all said, you know, Dr. Abby, what should we do? Lead us, guide us, tell us. And I'm like, yikes, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know. Don't have me. And then I realized this is my role. I mean, with all the hundreds of people, well, there was 150 people on that Zoom. I realized I have a role to guide and to guide everyone. Um, so I've been doing Uh, a whole bunch of videos on assertiveness. I am writing a book called Speak Up Anak, which means speak up child, which is like triggering for so many people because they're like, no, no one ever told us to speak up. Um, I do YouTube videos and daily videos on Instagram and Facebook and even some TikTok videos, all about assertiveness. And that's actually how someone found me to do a TED Talk here in Tampa, and uh, I've been able to, to put my my message up on the TEDx stage. It's on YouTube now, and I have another one coming, and it's actually called "Powering Through the Bamboo Ceiling." That's going to be uh, that TEDx is on April eighth. So, really excited about getting this message out there so that we realize we we can find our voice,
1: right? No, I love this topic because I feel like it resonates with so many women in general, because yes. women for so long have been told to, you know, be obedient, not speak up. Cause then we're seen as like, you know, bitchy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a way a bossy. bossy. Yeah. yeah. We want to boss up. We don't want to be bossy, but, um, right. yeah. So I love this, this topic and so many people can relate to you and can, can take what you're the story that you're trying to lay out of it and apply to yeah. that.
2: And you, what, to what you say about, you know, looking bossy when you're being assertive, actually assertiveness is a way that you speak that is firm and strong, but still calm and respectful. You Like you stay composed. And I, I always like to think of like Claire Huxtable on the Cosby show. She was like, like, She always looked so elegant and stylish and so composed. And she was like, I think that is what you want to do. You know, like (laughs) she would say something like, are you going to tell me that this is what you're choosing not to do? You know, like very, like stick it to them, but with such class. And there, and I mean, I speak about respectable assertiveness and techniques where you realize that you're like, for example, asking your boss for a raise, not because not from from a perspective of being entitled, but because, you know, you work hard, you know, that you are out for the company's best interest and that that raise is, is related to that, not related to what you deserve and, you know, what you're entitled to and what. It's not a negative thing. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And in every in every interaction with a child, um, I have grown children now. So a child, your husband, your boyfriend, your mom, your sister, a coworker, every interaction, if it's based on something that is you know smart, important, kind, those things you should assert for mm-hmm. because you're being kind. For goodness sake, why, you know, why shouldn't you assert yourself to, to tell someone, no, don't step out in that traffic. You know, you should never feel bad and, and you should learn that you're doing it from your heart. So, yeah, that's the way to do it the right way so that you don't feel bossy.
1: Yeah. What are some, some tips or advice that you would give someone who may be going to ask their boss for a raise or you know, doing something that they may be unsure about because they don't want to come across the wrong way or come across too bossy or, or mm-hmm. whatever. What advice would you give to a woman or anyone who who needs that courage to do that in the right way? Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. So I I have this little theory and it's so funny because I made this up <laughs> and then I heard Tony Robbins talk about it and I was like, he stole that from me. But actually, <laughs> it's... Um, I, his is a little bit different, but my theory is that you know with tennis, you you're on the opposite sides of the um, of the net, right? And you like you hit the ball and you hit the ball and you hit the ball, and a lot of times in when we're trying to, we're like, and you need to give me a raise, you know, and you need to quit doing this. We realize if we realize that we're coming from a place of caring, uh, caring for the company caring for the the relationship, we should go on the other side of the net and you play doubles against the opponent, which is the situation. You know what I mean? So for example, if your situation is the resentment that you have towards your boss because you think that she should be paying you more or the fact that you're in a situation where you're making less than you want, you go over to her side and you say, can I talk? Can I talk to you for a, for a little bit, um, or for, for a minute? Do you have some time? And then you you share with her what you really like about the position, what you like about being on this team. I have really grown in this time, and I know that I've uh, been able to learn some great things and uh, really improve in my department. Uh, I have felt great about accomplishing the company's goals by the things I'm doing in my company and like in my department right now I'm making up more stuff to be organized to be ahead of the game like they um I've created processes to make things more efficient you know okay so you say and it's been a wonderful experience but I wanted to talk to you because I'm feeling I'm uh, in my in in my situation, I will all often say how I feel. So, I'm feeling a little bit like I need to talk to you about something. And then you know, and not like I'm feeling a little bit resentful. You know, I won't say that. But um, and I'm feeling like I how should I say this? <laughs> I'm feeling like um, I feel like what I have accomplished is worth more than I'm making right now. Yeah. And what I have to and I'm wondering, oh, I've, I've heard this recently, this technique. And you say, and I'm wondering if you also feel that what I bring to the table is also worth this amount. Uh, yeah. And then you just stop. You just stop because whoever talks next loses.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. Isn't that true? Like in interviews, right? You You say this one thing and you're like, Zip it, you know, and then whoever talks next loses. Okay. Um, and in it, what you're doing is you're just saying, you know, I see that one plus one is two. Do you also see that one plus one equals two? And it's just, I mean, if she had the budget, she could say, you know what? I do see that one plus one equals two. I see that what you bring to the table does equal this higher dollar amount. And then they might say, I just don't have the ability. Or they might say, you know what, I have not thought about that before, but I think this is a good point and it's something I should look, look into. I mean, that's all they could do. And at least you're bringing it up. If you don't bring it up, then it's your fault that you're not getting it because um, your boss is not, that's not what your boss is thinking about at the time. She's thinking about her job right now. So bring it up to her, say, hey, look, one plus one equals two. And she'll say, oh yeah, you're, you're right.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. that's great
1: advice. I like the, the comparison of the tennis net, you know, that gives a good picture and going over to the other side and playing doubles. Right. It's a is, good way to picture it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it gives you perspective because I think oftentimes when an employee is to that point where they believe that they should be making more, they feel maybe more negative energy or just some mm-hmm. certainty. And so yeah. they approach it very black and white and yeah. they don't say, Hey, I really like this about my role. This is great. Yeah. And they don't approach it from that angle. And it can be, it can maybe set your boss to on the defensive right. and, and not really right. Set the tone correctly. It affects your work. It affects your mood.
2: Every single day you were doing great. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're doing but you feel yucky. <laughs> I've actually gone to my boss and said, I feel yucky. Can I talk to you about it? You know, and um, and I think it was uh, at, in that situation, it was a, a combination of a lot of different things. And she was actually slacking in some of the things she was doing at the company to help the managers get along, to help things um, run smoothly between everybody. So she was like, "Thanks for the reminder. I've been slacking." So
1: oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they need us, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and they we need to hold them accountable too, and and vice versa. Um, but you told a story to Ash and I last time we talked, and I really liked it. It was about the the purse store. Uh, whenever you worked in the purse store. Oh, the coach. Okay. No. So I coach my students
2: over at Everglades University on how to interview. Is it the coach store. Yeah. And and I I talked to them about figuring out what their strengths are. And this one particular student, um, she said that she's very organized. And I said, "You've got to tell me an example of that." You know, well, when you're interviewing people, you're always you always want to see a picture of how you were organized. You know, did you line up all the paper clips in the same direction? You know, right side up or whatever it is. And she said that she worked at Coach. she worked at Coach, and she was asked to uh, organize all the purses in the back. And she organized them by the crossbodies by color by um, handbags, by um, totes, and she had them all organized so well that years later, when she wasn't working there, she heard that they were still following her same organized uh, method. And also, other stores were using the same method because she had created this great system. So, yeah, when you, when you know that you have a strength, you can't just say, hey, I'm really organized. And I'm the most organized person in the whole entire world. It's my middle name. I've been organized since I was two years old. You know, you have to like paint the picture. There's a blank canvas there and, and know what your purse stories are. You know, you should have a bank of all your purse stories. And um, I I had, I did a YouTube video on, um, I called it what's your Roller Coaster story? Because I had, when I was the Dean of academics, I interviewed a faculty member who, uh, was an engineer and he said that he actually found errors in the design of the roller coaster at Disney. Wow. And I was like, because of him, my children were safe, you know, like, I, uh, so it's, and this is what, this is what he, it becomes, it becomes your story that when, <clears throat> when I took him on a tour of the campus, I would say, Hey, um, everyone I want you to meet, or "So so, I want you to meet, um, professor so-and-so, do you know that he found errors in the design of that roller coaster at Disney? And they're like, I've been on that roller coaster, you know, and then we go down the hall and they tell the same story. Do you know that he, and so that's the roller coaster story. We need to stand up for all the good things that we ever did, create your little bank so that you can be like, hello, my name is Abby Hamilton. The roller coaster queen, the coach purse queen, you know, like I have my, I, you know, I'm walking around with each of the jewels in my crown. And those jewels are based on the things that I've done. And so we, yeah, we have to find our value and let the world know. I mean, and also you're a blessing to the people who know. Because like when I just told you, I saw Ash just go, oh, you know, like she was blown away and now that person, you know, the people that you can bless with your, with your greatness, they feel good too. You know, when I got my PhD, I felt kind of embarrassed for people to call me like Dr. Abby or Dr. Hamilton. And uh, I answered the phone and I said, hello, this is Abby Hamilton, may I help you? And one of my students who had watched me go through the whole PhD program knew I graduated. He was like, you can't do that. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, no, you have to answer the phone, Dr. Abby. You have to, because we went through this together. All of us did this together. And I realized I was robbing him, I guess, of the honor of talking to Dr. Abby. I, I, if that's what it is, but he was excited to hear me say Dr. Abby and I let him so, that. yeah, be a blessing. Yeah, be a blessing. Find your voice. Find your value, and your are shining, and other people can feel that and and also, you know, be inspired.
0: I love I love the crown analogy. You know, everyone's wearing <laughs> a crown, and you have all your jewels, but each jewel is like a story of, you know, how you were successful, or how you're organized, or how you helped in some way. Right? I love that jewel. Oh.
1: Yeah, or even like a badge, yeah. a coat with badges on it. Like those are your yeah. badges earned. So wear them like your great yes. yeah. yeah, yeah. I think one thing, Doctor Abby, that I love so much about you is just your ability to connect with others and share stories. You're such a great. Everyone can relate to you because you're such a great storyteller and relater that everyone's like, yes, I get that. Mm. I can connect and, and I can apply it mm. my life. So it's, yeah, now, you know where that came from?
2: My, okay, can I jump in and just tell you where yeah. that came? Okay. So my dad was a bishop and he was, um, uh, he was, so he was a pastor, you know, he was a preacher. So he preached in every single, every single Sunday, We would listen to it, you know, and um, the three of us children would listen to his sermon. And I love, of course, you love the stories. Over time, I started to feel like, like, did you ever watch that movie Click? Yes. Adam Sandler. So I I always have this, like, in my mind, whenever I hear a preacher, I feel like I want to put, I'm going to click Pause. And then jump up on stage and say, he's kind of talking about when you go to Walmart and you talk to the cashier and like how you have that opportunity. And do you actually talk to her? Do you say good morning to her? Or do you just kind of like pay and leave? That's what he's talking about. And then I want to like run down. And, click <laughs> like and, and you know, because I, I kind of want to feel like how does that really apply? And so many people, have they preach or they even motivational speaking. They talk about concepts, but I need you to break it down for me. I need you to tell me exactly, like, is it in the Walmart checkout checkout line? You know, is it when someone cuts you off in traffic? And then you have to say, like, on the Veterans Expressway, right by Waters Avenue, you know, like, when you're brushing your teeth. Because that's when things happen, when you're brushing your teeth. You know, what's happening right there? You know, um, everyone brushes their teeth. And then you change that. I was a school teacher when I was a school teacher, I used to do the same thing for them. Um, Whenever I taught something, I would have to bring it down to the real example.
0: Um,
2: So that it was, I mean, I was a school teacher for middle schoolers, middle schoolers, You don't have their attention for anything. So um, to make these little stories, they'd be like, wait, what's she talking about? You know, and then, you know, does she she talking about American Idol? And and I would say, yes, I am. Let's go there. Let's talk about American Idol and how it's history in the making. And it's society, it's building society and things like that. And then it was more real. I want real teaching, real learning. Um, I like to, yeah, I want to mess people's brains up. (laughs) <laughs> it mess you up so that you're like i can never brush my teeth the same way again you know and um because yeah if, if you leave everyone where they're like oh isn't that nice and then they leave then you did nothing that's what i feel i love it
1: so what's next for you i know you said you have some big things coming up some speaking engagements anything to yeah. share
2: yeah, well, it's so crazy because I really was um haven't been a speaker speaker. you know, i i I teach the leadership seminars at my u- university. I will speak every once in a while for like a rotary or you know, um, I have last year, I spoke at a few college conferences virtually, and then a um, an affinity group for a, a large company. Nation nationwide but since my last TED talk I've been getting calls it's so weird I've been getting calls and I had a coach last November now last November I paid a coach to help me what did he say he was gonna package my offering right and so he taught me how to say my starting fee for an hour presentation is and I was like,
0: Oh my gosh.
2: Like literally that was five, five times as much as what I was asked. I wasn't even asking for five times the largest amount I had ever been paid. Okay. So, um, and I already have like, I already have two people two companies who have agreed to that and I'm blown away. I mean, I don't want to share the amount, but, Let me just tell you, it's
0: ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
2: Yeah, it's crazy. But they say, you know, if you can afford yourself and you're not charging enough. Have you heard that before? That was I thought that was pretty cool because I definitely could not afford myself if that was the amount. But I know now that I bring value and I know that a lot of companies are needing this kind of this kind of speaking, not just um, boring lectures not just concepts and, and um, you know, theories and research, but research and theories with the stories. And so uh, if I can, you know, if I can offer that to anybody and to really mess them up and mess up their people, then, <laughs> then let's do it, you know? And um, I, I haven't started advertising yet, this is all word of mouth, the, the leads I've gotten so far. I'm afraid if I start advertising, it could really get crazy. But it's, um, you know, I have to pace myself because I still am working full time. I am working on my book. I have a lot of people who are like, oh, my gosh, finish the book already because I don't know what to do with my mom right now. I can't speak up for myself. A lot of people are still stuck in that. And um they're waiting for the book. Gosh, that's a lot of pressure. But um,
1: <laughs> well, I can't
0: wait. I am,
2: I'm I've been I'm a little nervous about the TEDx that I'm doing on April 8th because I only had two months to um practice. Last time I had like six,
0: five months to practice. So uh. <laughs> it's come easier and easier to you, I see yeah. sure. Yeah, but I, I think that was so. a really important. Um, note that you mentioned, Dr. Abby. So you, you said you had to say it out loud. You had to practice. This is where I start my fee at for a speaking engagement. And I think that's very key because in, when we talk about um, affirmations or just really planning out your, your, uh, what you're going to do next week or your future, whether it's near or far, you have to be very specific in what you yes. want and what you need. And so that's just a huge, um, I think a huge value add right there, just having to even say that sentence. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, um, what you said about affirmation, you know, it it's along the same lines as manifesting, manifestation. Um, I only just in the past, probably last January 2021 is when I really started hearing a lot about manifestation. Do you guys know a lot about that? Um, so uh, in, on January 17th, I, I actually wrote in a vision journal, like a vision board, but it was a journal. I was part of this group. And and it's so funny. I got invited to this Zoom and the Zoom was about vision journals. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go to that. And I found out that what it was, was um, you were supposed to sign up for it. And then you were going to get a PDF document or a Word document, something like that. And during the Zoom, the lady just said, okay, we're going to go ahead and get started with section one all right, I'm going to play some nice music as we do it. And then I was like, what are we doing? And then she's like, in your email, you have the PDF. So we just listened to this on the Zoom. We watched the top of each other's heads while we just typed our, our vision journal. And I, I, I didn't know I was doing that, but that happened. And then in the vision journal, I wrote, I will be doing a TEDx talk this year, this year. And I'll tell you, I, I opened up the um, application to apply to speak like 20 times and I just closed out. I didn't do it. I just I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then um, I always say God nominated me because you have a choice of nominating or nominating someone or some like, someone or, or yourself. Right. OK, so I didn't do anything. And then I get an email from this lady asking if I would be willing to do a TED talk. And I'm like, what? And so no one nominated me. No one did. So I just say that was God because um, he knew what I wanted and I made it very clear. And there are so many people who on clubhouse, are you guys on clubhouse? Yes. Yeah. So on clubhouse, there's so many people who are like, Oh, Dr. Abby, I could totally hear your TED talk. And I was like, speak it into existence. Let's make this happen. And um, so there's so many of the clubhouse people just kind of manifesting it and me and the, the, my journal. And then it happened. So
1: awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited to see your next one, to listen to your next one and to read your book. We can share your previous TEDx talk on our show notes on the podcast and, and anything else that you would like to share as well. Um, and if anyone has questions for Dr. Abby, you can email us at up at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I'm so excited for you. You're you have such great energy and, you're amazing. So,
0: and I love where it. where is your next TED Talk? You said April 8th. It's going to be in the Tampa Bay area. Where is that? Just
1: oh, it's not in the Tampa Bay area.
2: It is at, in Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, oh, I've yeah. never been to Phoenix, Arizona
0: ever. So, it's at TEDx Grand Canyon University. Wow. Okay. Well, for yeah. those of you who are in that area and you want to see why, <laughs> she'll be there. This has been wonderful. Thank
2: you so much, Dr. Abby. Yes. Yeah, thank you so much. And congratulations too on just living bold and bossing up and making this podcast and making it available to all those people who really needed it. And I know that's why you did it. Um, Thank you for letting me be part of it. And just let me know if there's anything else you all need. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much. And until next time, everyone, live bold and boss up.